0: Hi,
1: and welcome to today's meeting of Book Hoarders Anonymous. Let's all begin by introducing ourselves. Hi, I'm Shannon, and I'm a book hoarder.
0: Hi, Hi, Shannon. Shannon. Hi, I'm Erin, and I'm a book hoarder. Hi, Hi, Erin. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Book Hoarders Anonymous. This is episode 22. Woo! We're adults now.
1: We are adults now.
0: I guess we were adults <laughs> last episode, but now, we, you know, it's been, it, it, it's entrenched. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, this is Aaron, And this is Shannon. And we have lots to talk about today. Um, not only are there a few news items, but we also participated in a readathon and we want to bring you that information, in other words, how to do it, and what our thoughts were about it. Because I think this was the first time for both of us, wasn't it?
1: Well, I've done it before. Mm-hmm. like not um, The read the, the readathon that we did, um, the website is 24hourreadathon.com. And it was inspired by um, the, the person who organized the first one was a book blogger whose internet pseudonym was Dewey um and she did the readathons like I think the first couple and then she got sick and died so the readathon became the Dewey's 24-hour readathon um and it's been co-hosted by various book bloggers over the over the past. I don't know how long they've actually done this. It seems like it's been going
0: on for years, though. I think the first one was in 2007, if I remember yeah, the history page yeah, correctly. Yeah, I think
1: 2007, 2008, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's gotten bigger every year. It's now um, kind of moved beyond something that just book bloggers do. It's, you know, anybody that that wants to read for 24 hours straight, they can do it. And they have it twice yearly. There's one in April, and then the next one will be in October. And it's usually, I think, the last Saturday of the month. Um, and and uh, it was it started at, at 8 a.m. Eastern, mm-hmm. um, which was great for people like Erin, but not so great for people <laughs> like me. Because that was
0: 5 a.m. <laughs> did you actually start? What time did you really start?
1: Well, okay, so what I did was... um. I was like, I'm not going to start at 5 a.m. You can't make me. So I, <laughs> I decided that I would just get up whenever I got up. But then, of course, I got really excited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I happened to wake up, and it was like 5.15. <laughs> so I well, there like, you go. Well, <laughs> I'll at least come out and see what's on the website. <laughs> and, and they had like a little intro meme. So I did that at <laughs> 5 in the morning. And then I promptly went back to sleep. But I had, I, like, there were a couple of books I was, I um, had been reading already, like the nonfiction book I'd been taking to bed with me mm-hmm. for a while, um, which I think I'm going to give up on, <laughs> because it was incredibly easy to fall back asleep while listening to that, and I really don't care enough to catch back up.
0: <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Um,
1: but, so I did that for a couple more hours, and then, um, I, like i can 't seem to actually d- manage this whole sleeping in thing like I should be able to because I got up at seven thirty and then I was pretty much
0: awake. I think um, having a regular work schedule has a lot to do with that <laughs> at least for yeah, me it does
1: It was like seven thirty that's that's sleeping in that's yeah like an hour and a half <laughs> so um, and then i I basically. Read pretty much all day. I read, I finished the book I'd started before, um, because I had like about an hour, hour, hour and a half left of that. And then I read, um, a bunch of short books that I downloaded from Bard. Um, that and I actually ran out of books at one point that I had downloaded specifically for that purpose. Um, Anyway, so I had like five books that I downloaded for the purposes of the readathon, and they were all mostly children's books, or or, and then there was like Double Indemnity by James Cain, which is a thriller. <laughs> so it's like one of these things is not like the others. Um, and and I ran out by about oh I think it was about like six six o'clock in the evening. Um, hmm. I was done with all those because wow. of course I listened, like on my stream or whatever with yeah. on on faster speeds Mm -hmm. um so then i ended up finding um i I ended up reading something that i already had i ended up reading um the book of three by lord alexander which i'd never read what did you think of that i you know i really liked it it took me a while um i got a little bit uh like like, it was really kind of slow starting, but once they all kind of went on adventures and once the <laughs> the characters got introduced, it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it kind of, like, Taron took a while, because I, I think it's, like, it would have been awesome if I'd read it um, when I was the right age for it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it was, but as it was, it was just like, well, you know, I've read this book before. <laughs> yeah. Millions of times. Um but then, then, um, we showed up, <laughs> and, and i don't i if if you i feel like if you don't don't love Elon a little bit <laughs>
0: exactly
1: <laughs> you're just missing out,
0: yeah, i agree
1: um, so so that was a lot of fun, and then I downloaded the the next book, and I'll put it on my Victor stream to read uh whenever I get around to it. But mostly what I read with children's books. I reread three books by Judy Bloom. I read um, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, which was a lot of fun. (laughs) And I read Dini, which is the one where she um, has scoliosis, and it's also the masturbation book. (laughs) And then I read Tiger Eyes, which I remember reading all of these in Braille, Mm -hmm. but I I remember – that Tiger Eyes was much more serious than than the other Judy Bloom books I'd read, and and that was definitely the case. Like there's there are definitely moments of humor, but it's 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 an older, um, like it, it definitely reads a little older than, than a lot of her books do. Yeah, that's true. Although it was really it was like that book was really interesting to me because it um, I don't think they would have I I think they would have made her made her change the ending if they if they'd done it um if she'd published it today because there's like the like the love interest in that book is this boy who is um like much older than our protagonist who's like 15 and he's like 19 or 20 he's in college so i think they would have like not approved of that <laughs> in today's market but also like Instead of being the bad boy loner with deep angst, he was, he was a
0: loner with deep angst. He was really sweet. He was sweet. I agree. Like, he was so adorable. I know. I-, I just want to hug him and, like, he wasn't very cuddly, but I wanted to cuddle with him. Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, oh, Because you knew he had all this bad stuff going on, but you didn't know what it was. And you just wanted to make him feel better. Yeah. But you didn't know I- what you wanted to make him feel better about.
1: But the thing was that it was really her story, mm-hmm. and I think that that like if that these days when I read books like that, um, it it may it may be about the heroine, but a lot of times th- those books tend to be like about um, like this boy and he changes her life, but like you know it's all about him. But this book was really all about her. Like he he changes her for the better, and. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things that's, like, not meant to be, but, but she doesn't really angst about it. I know that's a giant spoiler, but, <laughs> I mean, you know, he's in college and she's in high school. Like, of course, yeah. it's not meant to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, I really liked that. And I think, like, it, like, it really surprised me how much I, how much I liked that one. Um, what else was so-
0: on your list?
1: And then I and then I read Sarah Plain and Tall. That was another one of my readathon books, uh, by Patricia McLaughlin. That that was the shortest one ever. It was about an hour long, um, and you know, it was a, a you know these kids need a mother, and this and the their dad is a widower, and and he sends out for a mail order bride, and it's they they get really attached to her really fast, but they're worried that she's going to leave, and. Um, I read that as a kid, too, Um, and I remember, the only thing I remember about that experience reading it as a kid was that um, we had to do one of those exercises where you go through and and look at the chapters and find vocabulary words that you didn't know, (laughs) and um, I remember at one point, like, I had to find words (laughs) that I thought looked hard. (laughs) Because I like, I knew what they all meant, you know, <laughs> and it was it was really frustrating for me because I was like, I I'm not dumb, I know what these words mean, <laughs> um, and then yeah, then uh, my the adult reader read was Double Indemnity by James Cain, which was one of the which is a really famous thriller, and I didn't like it very much because I think James Cain just tends to write characters you're not supposed to like. And, uh, but I got through it because it was three hours and seven minutes long, so I've never
0: read it. Didn't they make it into, like, a movie or something?
1: They, they did make it into or a I'm, movie. I'm just, and I imagine the movie, like, would have worked for me a lot better. Because I would not have had to be inside that guy's head. And it would have been a lot more, like, it, you know, it's like one of those stories where everybody is double-crossing everybody. And, and you know, nobody is. And is you
0: don't like anybody in it? Big,
1: <laughs> yeah. And of course there's like there are some evil women in there and and, and that that tends to be a thing that drives me nuts lately.
0: Yeah, uh, I get that.
1: But yeah, so that was my my
0: mo- like uh, most
1: of what I read. So what about you?
0: Well, first, since I discovered since I discovered a new author, uh I'll talk about something I didn't read on the Readathon. Uh, because this author now has gone into sort of like semi-favorite status for me, um, I discovered Alona Andrews, and I've who's actually a team of writers, a husband and wife team named Gordon and Andrew. No, Gordon and Alona. Wait a minute, I think I've got that wrong. Yeah, Gordon no. and Alona Andrews, I think. Yeah, but I may I may be wrong about that, but. I may have gotten his name mixed up. But no, I think, I think, you're I, think right. I think that's what it is. Anyway, um they they write uh, uh like urban fantasy with lots of magic in it and um I'm saying I think you've read them before but in I case read, anyone I
1: read the first the first three of them.
0: Yeah, um, so actually I actually, them. actually I got started on that um, um by reading uh by reading another book of of hers called Clean Sweep, uh, which just came out, and I was like, wow, this is really cool, and it's starting a new series, what else has has she written, and then um, someone put me in touch with these, like, magic, these books about this heroine named Kate Andrews, who's like Kinsey Milhone with a sword, Um, and uh, I thought they were really good, and I've read, um, I haven't read the whole series, because after a while in a series, I tend to kind of burn out, so I'm kind of on like the sixth book, and there are actually seven books. I think one is like a, it's like an intermediate story that doesn't concern Kate. It concerns another person in the in the plot, and I'm kind of in the middle of that one. And then there's one more book about Kate that's after this one, um, that I'm currently reading. And the first one's called Magic Bites. In case anyone wants to start the series. Uh, And she also has, they also have a couple of other series um, that I'll probably get around to reading someday. But I really enjoyed it, and I like her protagonists a lot. They're women who have a lot of, well, spunk, for lack of a better word. Um, And um, really, you know, know what they want and go after it and find out things about themselves that they you know didn't know before because of the adventures and trials and tribulations that they get into uh and so you know that's really you know it's really great and the romance elements are nice too um they all have romances of some sort in uh, clean sweep the romance didn't really work out and that was kind of different i mean you know usually you're you're used to romances like being all happy and stuff and in that particular book um the guy had you know Mm -hmm issues he had to work on, and uh, decided he didn't want to, you know, go through with the whole romance thing um, with, the, with the, you know, main woman, I think her name's Dina, that runs a magical inn. Um, and uh, in uh, the Kate Daniels series, uh, she falls in love with a shapeshifter. Um, and that series is interesting because magic is like a part of the world, and it's become... Entrenched in society. I mean, usually when we think of magic, we think of like this secret, you know, people are magical or whatever, but they have to keep it secret. But now it's like become entrenched in the world. Somehow it it like bled over into everyday life. And, you know, of course, the government knows about it and everyone knows about it and people are magical and no one really knows how it happened. Uh, and some people have more or less magic than others, so it 's really fun um, let 's see and and I just wanted to introduce that, uh, even though it wasn 't in the readathon uh, another book I read um, that I finished during the readathon so i don 't really know if it counts as a readathon read but I put it in anyway was um, pilot 's Wife by antoinette may and i 've never heard uh, i 've never read any of this author 's books before, but since it was the Easter season i Thought I would read it. I actually found this book. It's been on my TBR list, actually on my iPhone for a while, like since October, and I had it in my head to read it around Easter. And it's taken me over a week to finish it because I've just been so busy with other things. And it's fairly—I mean, it's a fairly lengthy book, but it's about well, Pilate's wife, just like it says um, in one of the Gospels in the Bible. This is actually a true thing. Uh, I can't remember which one, but the wife of Pontius Pilate has a dream, or, or a vision, as as it is in this book, but in the Bible it says it's a dream, uh, about Jesus and that Pilate should not crucify him, so she tries to convince him to spare him. Uh, obviously we know that that doesn't happen, um, but the the author took that one or two sentences you know one or two bible verses and made a book out of her life um we know from records that her name was claudia we know what family she came from in rome uh we know what happened to most of her family from from you know actual historical records but the author took her basically these scant few facts and made you know kind of like a life history for her and there was some romance um You know, she binds Pilate to her with a love spell when she's a teenager and doesn't know better. Uh, She's a follower of Isis, so she has visions because, well, I guess Isis has that power to grant visions and prophecy or whatever. Uh, And that's where the dream of Jesus comes from, what's one of her visions. Um, Let's see. She falls in love with somebody else, and that kind of colors the book. Uh, And basically, um, we meet One of her, and and one of the reasons, another reason she wants to spare Jesus is because um, she's friends with, well, a friend of his, uh, Mary Magdalene, or as we call her in the book, Miriam of Magdala, uh, who, that depiction was really interesting. Um, It kind of embraces the whole, I mean, I've seen, I've read other books about Mary of Magdala or Mary Magdalene or whatever you want to call her. Um, One in particular in which she was an upstanding citizen and a wife and mother who went to follow Jesus. There was nothing in there about her being, you know, a prostitute like people seem to think or a courtesan or whatever you want to call it. Uh, That was another book that I can't remember the author of at the moment. Um, And then in this book, it kind of embraces the, what do I want to call it? the more negative image of her and puts it in a positive light, if I can put it that way. Um, We have seen depictions of her, you know, In in people talk about, you know, there's debate about what what and who she was. And in this book, she's a courtesan who spends a lot of time in Rome and in all different parts of the Roman Empire before coming back to Judea and uh, being healed by Jesus, which, of course, We all know that that happens. And uh, kind of, sort of, um, well, I'll give it away. Marrying him. Gulp. (laughs) Um, For me, although I I don't really, I mean, I'm not a religious person. And really, I'm fairly agnostic. Uh, Being raised as a devout Christian, it kind of made me do this like, you know, like, really? Really? Oh, okay. Um but it was it was very the whole like you know the Claudia went to her wedding and it was very tender and very well done and very I don't know. I thought it was I thought it was nice. Um did
1: you get this did you get this book on Bard? I or, did. Or this, okay. No, I
0: got it on Bard. It was it's narrated by Anne Hancock who incidentally oh, she's a really good narrator. Yeah, she married she married She. named she, she narrated the other book about Mary Magdalene that I read that I can't remember no, the name of. I think
1: I have that one. And it's, it's really actually called really, Mary called Mary, Mary
0: called Magdalene. Called Magdalene. I think. Yeah. Um and and it was it's really good. Um I, I enjoyed that super much. That was that was fantastic book. Uh, then let's see what else did I read. I, I will talk about books from the readathon that I actually finished. Books that I read during the readathon. I read one book that was really fun. Um, it's called um, and and these were Kindle books, and I had this whole list of things to read on the Kindle, um, but I. I had like a list of 11 things lined up to read and they were all Kindle reads because they were all things I had recently downloaded for free. And I've downloaded a lot of free things on the Kindle and have not read them. So my goal was to get through a whole bunch of them. Uh, It didn't end up working that way because for some reason, since I don't know whether it's the latest Kindle update or iOS 7 or both, um, the Kindle app on the iPhone has this weird habit of pausing in the middle of sentences.
1: Oh, I hate that.
0: (laughs) And I don't know why. Like, I can't, when I went and looked on my Braille display, I could not find any weird punctuation that the iPhone may be responding to. I mean, even if you have it in no punctuation mode, it still pauses. It's really weird. Uh, And it was very distracting, So I didn't read as much on the Kindle app as I wanted to because I wanted to stay focused and kind of, you know, read with actual people because this was really driving me nuts. So um, I read two things, one of which was really fun. It was called uh, Star Bright, and it was by Rachel Higginson, who is an author that I haven't heard of, uh, but she has a whole series of books about this project. Protagonist. I think one of which I've read, and the others I may download because they're really good, um, and and well written. Um, you know, sometimes Kindle, independent publishing, nah. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, not not terribly well written stuff. But th- these are really good, and it's about this girl named Stella. Uh, she is a human star. It's it's really cool. These um, stars are charged with protecting. Earth, because it's the last inhabited planet in the solar system. She is charged with being Earth's protector. Um, and she she's kind of has to be put on the job early because stuff happens. Um, and each pro- planet's protector um, has or each star has a companion. And they all go through the, the process of, you know, like going through heaven fighting evil. And the, each star is a woman, and each star's companion is an angel warrior person. Um, and so her companion is introduced to her, and their romance is, it develops, and it's really tender. Um, and they fight and use swords, and this, uh, she's trained by the last surviving inhabitant of Jupiter which is really funny. Um, and it sounds crazy, but it was really—it was a really, really um, tender and touching read. There's a lot of, uh, you know, each character has their own issues to deal with. Her and her uh, angelic companion has some family stuff that he's dealing with. Uh, and so, you know, they're these heavenly characters, but they're also very human too, which is kind of cool. Um, and I don't remember his name. Oh, well. Anyway, uh, I read that and that took... Longer than I thought because um, life kept getting in the way. Things like trying to spend quality time with my husband uh, in the midst of reading um, and doing, you know, other things around the house. But the good thing about audiobooks is that you can multitask. Oh, and incidentally, presenting a show on the Phoenix yesterday. That was kind of interesting. I was (laughs) reading while I was doing it. um, And so, like, when the music was playing, the book was... And the iPhone was in my pocket, and it was just like chugging along, and my uh, iPad was sitting here playing, playing the stream, you know, so I was monitoring the stream and reading, and like my iDevices were just, uh, just chugging away. Um, it was great, and so uh, hooray for multitasking, but I finished that book soon after I finished the show, and decided to read another Kindle book, um called and it was a, another romance called Stone Cold and it's it's like about a music producer and a a country music singer and she's like a heroin addict and he falls in love with her and then finds her high but it wasn't her fault we find out um and it's it's cute i mean it was short He was a total jerk to start off with. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to abandon this book because this guy is really driving me up the wall. Uh, But he turned out to be a really uh, nice person. This author's name is Cheryl Douglas, by the way. And again, this is part of a series. But I don't think that the characters are the same in each book. I think they're different. Um, And uh, he was like a total jerk to start out with. But then he turned into this really cool person. And the book focuses a lot on redemption and forgiveness. Because um, not only does he have to forgive her for, and, and she have to forgive him for a bunch of stuff that he does that's really jerky. Um, but they have to forgive other members of their family. And it's it was really sweet. It was kind of like on the edge of being a religious book, but it was not preachy. It did not talk about like, what God would want for us and everything like that. it talked about going to church, but that was about it. Um, so I felt like i could I could deal with that i I'm not really into the whole, whole religious I can do the historical fiction stuff, but when you start preaching to me about God and right. his path for me in life, I start to tune it out so um i uh, liked it it was it was cute. And at that point, I was really, after reading another short Kindle thing, actually, I started out with another short Kindle thing that I won't mention, because it's not even worth mentioning. Oh, come on.
1: It's like, it has a great title. <laughs> oh, yeah, well,
0: and, and um, I will mention it, I guess, because the title is just so good. It's called, hang on, and let me get the full title from Amazon, because that's I, what, just, I, what I gave you was not the full title. Full
1: full disclosure here. Aaron tweeted about this book the day before the readathon, and I remember ha- I had a whole conversation on Twitter about should I buy this book?
0: <laughs> or, yeah, I um, this
1: book because it's free, and the consensus was no, no, shouldn't. Well, <laughs> you should. I disagree. don't
0: think that it's free anymore. I think the deal oh is over. Gosh. Okay, <laughs> now that, it's called it. yeah. Uh, it's 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 called okay. The Zombie, the Cat and Barack Obama, featuring appearances from the Illuminati, Osama bin Laden, Larry the Downing Street Cat, Queen Elizabeth II, the Cheshire Cat and a host of characters. <laughs> Well, alright. Yeah, alrighty then. It's by Christopher Ant- Anthony Mead, whose name I've been misspelling this whole time. I just realized that. I just looked at my braille display and I'm like, oh, that's wrong. Oh, well, that's okay. Um, people can still find it by searching for zombie, cat, and <laughs> Barack. Barack. I think that's what I typed just now. <laughs> um, but um, it is a sort of like novelette. novelette. A little cutesy term, but it's like in between a short story and a novel or novella. Um, and it's, it's just horrible. Don't even. Don't even. I thought it would be funny, but it's like the author um, went overboard to try and impress people with, number one, how flowery he could make his language, and number two, how many things and people and places he can put into a story and have them relate or not. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's bad, so I would not recommend it. <laughs> and did not find it humorous in the least, I mean it was so you like you
1: took that one for the team <laughs> I
0: took it for the team, yeah, and i started started the readathon with it um so those are the two books I read, and the one of the novellas I read a lot of other um short stories and novellas that were uh science fiction. I basically stayed within my comfort zone for the most part um and the reason that i read the other things was because I have several back issues of analog science fiction magazine that I've been um, not reading for the past few months because I've just been busy. And this was a perfect time to catch up uh, because you find a lot of really cool authors that way and read things by other authors that you know of that you may not have heard of. Um, And that was great. I stopped the readathon at approximately 12.45 a.m. this morning and I told myself I am so exhausted. I can't even continue. Uh, even snacking didn't help. So I went to bed, forgot to set an alarm, and woke up at seven forty-five. Whoops! Wow. My bad. <laughs> my bad. Um, I guess I am older and more decrepit than I thought. Um, but she
1: did. But but <laughs> but you did win a door prize.
0: I did win a door prize. That was cool. And I did update every three hours that I was reading. Um, which was also something that I didn't expect to be doing, uh, but I did. Uh, and I won a door prize, and I did claim it. Um, I don't know what the deadline is for claiming door prizes, uh, but I won it while I was asleep, so I didn't know about it until I got your direct message. Otherwise, I would never have known, because I just didn't check the the post? Yeah,
1: I was checking the website because I when I saw that there were door prizes I wanted to know in case I won a door prize. Right, absolutely. Door prize.
0: No door prizes for um, me. So the way it works with the door prizes, in case anyone wants to participate next time, which I'm sure I will. Uh, my husband thinks I'm insane, but I think at that point I'm going to need it based on my activities for the future course of this year. Um, so the um, door prizes work like this: you can claim your door prize. I don't know how what the deadline is, but there's a form to fill out. It's very easy. Uh, and then you get three choices. Um, if you're a U.S. resident, you choose from some things, and if you're an international resident, you choose from other stuff. It's um, they have a list, and you just choose. I have no idea what the books are, because all the authors I've never heard of before. But, I, and I was kind of like too lazy to look up all the synopsis of every book that they had on the list, because there were like a ton. Um, but apparently, these book bloggers get, you know... Publishers to participate, and these publishers or authors give them a bunch of copies of their books, and they offer them as door prizes. And a lot of these authors look like they're like indie authors, um, although I think there were a couple from from major publishers like Simon and Schuster in there too. Um, but um, I just like put down a couple books whose titles sounded interesting, and also decided I wanted to cast my claim for the Barnes and Noble gift card. Although probably most everyone in the U.S. is gonna cast their vote in for that so i'm not sure that i'll get, actually get that <laughs> but um we'll see what comes in the mail and i will well, keep everyone i will keep everyone posted as yes. to what comes in the mail and now i think we should probably get to the book <laughs> we, we, oh
1: should we do the news
0: oh yeah oh god what is it with me in this news Okay, so... (laughs) We'll run through it really fast. Yeah, we'll run through it really fast because for some reason it is just like, you know, I keep forgetting it. Okay. Um, Well, it seems like uh, women do not dominate the field of children's literature after all. It's not surprising, but I figured I would mention it since, you know, we're both women. And it seems like a field in which they would dominate. It's really... Yeah, go ahead. It's really
1: interesting. It made me think about a post I saw... On one of the book blogs I follow from a, a teen librarian, as in a librarian who works with teens, not so an actual mm-hmm. teen teenager who is a librarian. <laughs> yeah, I get that. <laughs> <laughs> um, who did a breakdown of what was on the, the, the YA bestseller lists. Um, and yeah, there were like two women and they, I think they were like Suzanne Collins and Veronica Roth <laughs> or, or I, like something like that, you know, really, really famous. But, yeah. but the rest of it was lots of men. And it was really fascinating because I would have thought the same thing, you know, like a lot of why children's books are written by women. But it yeah. was like when you break down the numbers.
0: Yeah. Nope. Um, and, and it seems like when I think of children's literature – I think of literature for like kids 12 and under. (laughs) I don't tend to lump young adult stuff in there. Um, But even so, I mean, I guess we're just as guilty of gender stereotyping than the next person. (laughs) Um, Because, you know, that really is kind of a stereotype if you think about it, that they would dominate. But um, yeah, I thought it was interesting nonetheless. And you know, it it takes a while to overcome barriers, as we who are disabled know, uh, but I hope that uh, the gender gap gets neutralized at some point. I'm not necessarily looking to dominate. I just, you know, want women and men to be equally respected in the literary field, and it seems like there's still a ways to go for that. Yeah, yeah. Um. Next news story, uh, speaking of reading, uh, in developing countries, as I think will come as no surprise to most people, reading on mobile devices is becoming more and more popular, and indeed, uh, the way in which most, if not many, people read their books. One statistic I found really interesting this article is loaded with them, so you know, we're not going to talk about them all here was that out of the seven billion people in the world today It's estimated that over 6 billion of them have access to mobile devices of some sort. Wow. That's just amazing. Wow. I wouldn't have thought that that would be true. I really, it's just like, that just totally floored me. Especially because of all the poverty in the world. Especially in developing countries. But right. that's what the study says. I don't know if it's really true, but that's what it said. Um, also, again, it seems, this seems to be something that is going on in the, developing, the developed world as well. Uh, women seem to read more than men in developing countries. And it seems like in the, you know, even where, where I live, Most of the people I know who are avid readers are women. Um, Mm -hmm. Again, another gender stereotype, but this study kind of says that even though uh, more men than women read on mobile devices, the women read for longer periods of time and read more. So I thought that was kind of an interesting uh, statistic as well.
1: Yeah, that doesn't really surprise me, but it is. Yeah.
0: I mean, like if I think about the book clubs that I'm in. Uh, or have been in in the past in one book club everyone was women and actually it was set up that way uh, so that everyone i mean it was kind of like women's hangout night whenever we had book club um in the book club i'm in now uh everyone is women except for one person um and actually that actually it, it was weird because this guy has stayed around a long time uh he and his wife were both members and i think that helps Uh, we had a guy who was a member before and his partner was not a member. And I think being the only guy was like kind of lonely for him. And he decided to quit um, in addition to having more work responsibilities. But this guy, you know, his wife being in it is, I guess, helping him to stay in it. Um, And so, yeah. And, and so, I mean, not that I've talked to him and really asked him, so I may be completely wrong about that, but I think he does like to read and he's read a lot. So, I mean, more than i have and he has you know very insightful comments so i think it's you know legitimate his interest is is high enough that maybe even if she wasn't in it he would stay in it so i don't know but um yeah so i i think that um in book clubs in general um a women are more social than men overall i think and b women like you know read more oh gee gender stereotyping all over the place (laughs) what is wrong with us anyway especially me um (laughs) Okay, so now uh, let's see. What is the next one? Uh, Pulitzer Prize winners have been announced. The Goldfinch by Donna Tartt has won the Pulitzer Prize for fiction. I haven't read it yet. I haven't tried.
1: Mm, need to um, I have I'm to reading. read it. I know. I know it's going to be on somebody's book club somewhere it's, soon. It's online. Oh, okay. So let's it's going to be take another one for the not, team.
0: Not not this one, but the okay. next. August I think is when we read it and my neighbor has read it and a lot of the books that we like are similar not she's not really into the whole fantasy sci-fi thing but you know in terms of like the general fiction and um you know some of the romance and and other stuff that our book club has read she and I have been on board with it so I have all ideas that I'm not going to like it just because she didn't like it and it really doesn't sound like my thing if I read about crime I like to read about true crime and This is like, I I don't know, it just doesn't sound like something I'm going to like. I could be totally wrong, really, but I don't, mm -hmm, I'm skeptical. Um, Plus, it's long. I know, my gosh, why does it have to be so long? It's like, Like it's 48
1: hours on audio. Oh my gosh, is it that long?
0: Uh,
1: Maybe it's not (laughs) quite that long, but it's definitely up there in the like way too long for me
0: yeah (laughs) I've, i've downloaded it i have it on my ipad um i've downloaded the rest of the books for our book club for this year that we know about uh to the ipad we have a couple of we have one wild card that we haven't chosen yet um but i've downloaded the rest of them and and that one is definitely the longest why we've got two long books this year atlas shrugged and this one um it was really funny. When I went to the book club meeting about Atlas Shrugged, there were only five people there, uh, because only one of us had finished the book. Were <laughs> was that you? No! I have not <laughs> finished that book. Um, it is a project for some future date, and I'm not removing it from my iPad because I feel like I will finish it at some point. But uh, it's definitely not happening right now. Um, one of the pluses is the narrator is really good, the one who did it for Bard. Um, he's really decent, but the book is just I mean, 56 hours in audio.
1: That's just
0: too long. It's almost like War and Peace, which I did read because Alexander Scorby was the narrator. And, well, it's Alexander Scorby. So I did finish it. It took a while. But that was one of the, like, DB Review classics one year. Yeah. That I did read.
1: Speaking of, speaking of like, people that are men, people on that list are men and totally, or that run the list anyway are men and are totally into like reading a lot
0: oh I know <laughs> some of them read more way more than I do
1: we love you Nolan and Don. exactly just, we love you also Death. Nolan Nolan sent me a really nice email the other day that probably should have gone in our listener mail but um anyway it was it was really sweet so
0: yeah he sent me some love (laughs) he sent me some very nice emails too which i don't feel like i deserve especially lately since i haven't been posting to the list um (laughs) at all and my reviews are really not as good as half the people on there but you know um and and it's been a long time since i really posted one um and part of the reason for that is I've been reading a lot of non-barred material lately. Yeah, uh, yeah. So you know I haven't been posting, but I think I will post a couple here this week because I I read the book about Pilot's wife and the what was it? Some other thing that I didn't mention here uh, that I will pr- probably review. Um, anyway, Anyway, <laughs> do we have more news items? Do we have oh, more? Oh, yeah. the
1: The last one that I remember is that that George R. R. Martin was. Talking about uh, King's Landing, which is, of course, the capital of of Westeros in his Game of Thrones series. Yeah. And he says that it's
0: a lot like Staten Island. I hadn't thought about it, but it's an island, and it's in the middle of an ocean. And I guess maybe kind of. Um, I've never been to Staten Island, so I can't say for sure, but uh, we will put the link to this in the show notes. It is a uh, Hulu. um, It's like from ABC World News. Uh, It was very interesting. He says that uh, when he was a boy, he used to look out his window because he lived on Staten Island and fantasize about it being a different place with different people and, you know, populated by all sorts of cool people. And that was the uh, origin of the Game of Thrones Song of Ice and Fire series. Um, And it's just, you know, for interest because I know we have a lot of Song Song of Ice and Fire fans on this podcast. So um, enjoy listening to that little blurb. Uh, now, I guess we can talk about the book.
1: Maybe we should talk about the book.
0: <laughs> um, the book was, okay, Helter Skelter by Vincent Buliosi. Buliosi, And um, I thought this was fantastic. I did not know much about Charles Manson and his family. I mean, really. I thought when when... Whenever I would hear the term family, I thought that it was actually his family, family. It's really not. It's really this cult of people that he had following him. Um, And it was very, very scary. Uh, The book is very detailed. It goes into his life and, to some extent, the lives of the other members of the, uh, well, cult, for lack of a better word, especially those who were tried for the murders of all these people. Um. And I found it especially interesting because recently, I think, well, it was around Halloween last, last year, um, I read uh, two books that were directed by Roman Polanski, whose wife, when, when they were made into movies, and his wife was one of the victims of the Charles Manson spree, Sharon Tate. Uh, and I read last year, Rosemary's Baby and The Stepford Wives in quick succession. Both of which were made into films that um, Polanski directed. I haven't seen the films, though, but I may at some point. Um, Especially the Rosemary's Baby film, uh, because it was just so creepy. Uh, So, yeah, um, the book went into detail about the trial, but not only that, but um, the lives of the characters, as I said, the lives of the defendants, and what went into making them what they were, and speculated on some of the reasons why um, they all followed him. Um, it was really it was really
1: fascinating i I don't read much true crime um <clears throat> I kind of feel like it's um i don't know like there's there's just something about about both the whole genre that seems a little sordid to me like you know um like let's just like dig up these cases and talk about how horrible everybody was and go into like epic horrible detail about how these crimes were committed and you know like and i and i really expected it to be like that except i really did want to read this book because i like i didn't know you know much about the manson family either um but i did see the movie (laughs) like the made for tv helter skelter movie
0: the documentary Um, or the movie well like the movie yeah oh wow I was I probably
1: too young to have seen
0: the documentary. <laughs> Although I think it's on yeah. YouTube someplace. If we really searched we could probably find it, yeah. but I'm not that or YouTube or a, what's that other thing? Netflix? Netflix. Um yeah. And so um but I'm not really that interested. <laughs> no. Oof. After reading the book, I uh, I'm I'm kind of done with Charles Manson for a while.
1: Yeah. But it was like and I didn't I didn't feel that way at all. I felt like he did describe things very clinically and like did not go into lavish detail about like you know oh and then she screamed and blood gushed everywhere and it, i mean like like she, he conveyed how horrible the 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 murder scenes were but it wasn't like it i didn't feel like it was torture porn to put it
0: yeah and really um yeah. he he stayed true to what he knew it wasn't like yeah. it did not seem like he fabricated details um you know it was not fiction in other words it was right. it was nonfiction and it stayed that way. It wasn't like I mean he stayed true to what what the evidence was and I thought that was you know I thought that was really good. I do know that he has written some fiction. I haven't read it you know read any of it but but um, there is some of it on Bard I think for those of you who are interested.
1: Yeah, and it was it was. Like he and he was the prosecutor for the case. So yeah. so he would know more than than most people well like what, what really went down. And I think that's what made it really palatable for me because like he he, he was there, well, you know, not for the murders, <laughs> but definitely yeah. for the trial. Sure. And it made me think of like um, the reason I like to watch Law and Order. Like it's not necessarily the police part that's interesting to me, but I really Sometimes like watching the the like lawyers, you know, do their, their, their thing in the, the trial parts. Yeah. Um, like I I remember um being a when when my parents were encouraging me to be a lawyer, which didn't happen. Like that was <laughs> that was absolutely what was in my head. I was like, Yeah, go be like Jack McCoy on law, or well, I don't know. It w- wouldn't have been Jack McCoy then, but, you know, whoever it would have been, you know, like, standing in front of the, you know, objection! And then, then I learned that being a lawyer is actually a lot more boring than that. And even it, you it can be. Shout objection. You know, yeah. you have to spend, like, millions of, of hours before. Shouting <laughs> objection.
0: Uh, yeah, and um, I... It can be, Um, and yeah, and that's one of the reasons why I don't watch much legal TV drama because I keep arguing with it, and a lot of my lawyer friends watch stuff like, you know, The Practice when it was on, or Law and Order, or uh, Franklin and Bash, which actually Rodney watches, and it's really funny. Uh, when, whenever I've watched it, I mean, they're like, it's on USA Network, and the lawyers in there are just, like, really goofy. And they do real outside-the-box kind of things, like bring bears into the courtroom and stuff. <laughs> that happened on one episode. It was I actually happened to see it. It was so funny, um, that part of the episode anyway. Uh, and, and it was, like, for a case demonstration. They brought a bear into the courtroom. I'm not exactly sure why, but uh, it, was, it was just hysterical. And the judge, the next time they came into the courtroom – for another case the judge was like if you two bring a bear into the courtroom again so help me (laughs) and just like stop stop talking right there and left it to your imagination about the what he would do if you know it was it's, it's a very it was very amusing um but i i just i can't i just argue with the shows too much i suppose i would feel that way if i was like a police officer and watched ncis and you know the other shows uh but i'm not so i really don't and i You sort of have to suspend your disbelief, and a lot of my lawyer friends are able to do that, but I just can't seem to do it. I have really tried. I even tried reading John Grisham books, and I had the same reaction to his books. Um, I really tried, but I just, I can't. I I argue with their legal arguments, and I argue with how the things go down, you know, in the courtroom, and... uh, I'm impossible, I guess.
1: And and then you become the reader that, like, you know, takes saps all the fun out of it. For exactly. And I, I
0: become people. the person who saps the fun out of the TV shows for Rodney, and I'm just not going to do that. So yeah. I, you know, I just don't watch them. Um, but anyway, um, all that aside, it's a great book. Uh, even if you are not a nonfiction reader and don't read much nonfiction, kind of like me, uh, you will probably enjoy it. It's fairly fast-paced. I felt, I did not feel like it was too long. I was concerned that I would because it's like 20-something hours in audio, but I didn't.
1: No, it really wasn't. It, like, I thought, I thought the same thing, but I was, it was really engrossing, and it was one of those books that I really was happy to go, I, you know, like, I, 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 like, stopped it for work and well, yeah, <laughs> the necessities of life, but I was always happy to go back to it.
0: Me too. Me too. So, highly recommended by The Book Order's. Yes. Uh, Join us, if you haven't already read it, in reading Helter Skelter by Vincent Bugliosi. Yes. Now let's mention our next book, and I'll leave that for you to do since you picked it. I picked it, and I read
1: it, um, because I like to be ahead of the curve. Uh, The book we're reading next week is called... Or, next week. (laughs) Gosh. (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, The book we're reading next month is called We Are All Completely Beside Ourselves, And the author is Karen Joy Fowler, and I I have I read I selected this book for a a book club I was moderating, and and nobody read the book when they came to the meeting. Oh, that's disappointing. Talk about it. (laughs) It Oh, sad. But um, anyway, I found it because I'd I'd had to to catalog it for work at the library, and um, like the annotation was really interesting, but the annotation also has a giant spoiler. Oops. And, uh, so I won't tell you what it's about, (laughs) except that it's a family drama. Oh, okay. Um, And, and, um, it's really like, I mean, it's not that long. It's certainly not 20 hours long. I think it's maybe nine. Um, they did the commercial version on Bard and she does a really good job and, and, um, it's It's got a lot of interesting things to say, and I really liked it and so I'm uh, looking forward to discussing it.
0: Oh, cool. I'm looking forward to reading it. I haven't done it yet. If I read things too too early, I tend to kind of forget. so um, I'll read it more towards I may start it soon, but you know, I didn't want to read it before this podcast um, but If you would like to contact us and let us know what you're reading, please do so and give us any recommendations that you might think of. We will, of course, consider them. You can contact us by emailing bhapodcast at gmail.com, tweeting book hoarders on Twitter, or going to the website at bhapodcast.com. Yes
1: or you can talk to us or contact us individually. Of course. Um, you can you can contact Aaron on Twitter at Aaron Edgar. And you can contact me. I'm at Bard Song. Um, and uh, you can listen to The Melting Pot on The Phoenix. It's the-phoenix.net.
0: Sunday and afternoons from 6 seven. to 9. Oh, 6 to 9? 6 to 9 Eastern six or to nine Eastern. 11 to 2 in the UK. Uh, you can also find Shannon on the interwebs at flightintofantasy.com where she posts excellent book reviews of various and sundry things.
1: Whatever I'm reading.
0: <laughs> yeah. And um, so enjoy, be safe and happy, and we will see you next time. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. To contact the book hoarders, send email to bhapodcast at gmail.com. Follow Book Hoarders on Twitter. Call us at 520-81-books, 520-812-6657 and visit the website at bhapodcast.com.